Hello, everybody. We are back. This is Jonathan over here at Car Talk Inside the Mind of a Mechanic. I know it's been a while, but you know what? I've been thinking about this podcast a lot, and I've had a lot of people keep asking me, when are you going to update? When are you going to update? Now I am in it to win it, guys. I am going to start doing way more episodes, and if anybody needs any help, you guys are always welcome to message me and ask me about codes, no stars, about my car, what to do, because I will be helping everyone out. Now, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about check engine lights, what to look for, what it could be, what are the causes, what you do, and what you know when you go in to your local shop dealer or everything that way you look like you know what you're doing and you don't get taken advantage of now a lot of people drive with their check engine lights check engine lights are designed to let you know that there is a malfunction in your vehicle in your motor an electrical sensor could be something emissions related but it's there to let you know hey check it out there's an issue let's take it in let's get it repaired a lot of people don't do that though a lot of people just keep driving oh it drives good oh well it drives fine i don't feel anything why should i take it in if it drives really good yeah but how do you know what it is how do you know you can repair it maybe it's an easy fix as far as super easy fix is what to look for right the number one what to look for right away when your check engine line is check your gas cap when's the last time i put gas was it 20, 30 minutes ago that I put gas in and then now the light's on? Hey, maybe it's a gas cap. Go back there, pop that gas cap op- uh, door open and make sure you did the three clicks on it. But if you're driving with the new cars with no gas cap, then you got to skip this process. Then you got to keep asking. You're just like, hmm, did I hit something? Did I back into something? Would something like that? Did something happen? Did I hit something? And then the check engine light? Then you start going from there. But check engine lights. If it's on take it to the shop you got a scanner hook that scanner up and pull those codes and see what system is malfunctioning two if a check engine light is flashing that means catastrophic failure for the catalytic converter that means do not keep driving that pull over immediately and call for help get triple a get a tow truck get that car off the road and do not drive it because then a two three hundred dollar repair is going to turn into a two three thousand dollar repair remember check engine light is flashing your car is running like crap stop driving it call a tow truck get it there because that like i said that easy repair could turn into a very expensive repair now if the check engine light is fine and it's still driving good your gas cap is solid then you have to make an appointment with your local shop take it in you got a scanner retrieve those sca- those codes and repair as necessary now repair as necessary doesn't mean that just because it says a map sensor oh, i'm gonna go buy a map sensor and i'm gonna put it on i'm a mass airflow sensor i'm gonna grab it put it on oxygen sensor that means i'm gonna grab it and put it on no you have to check what going on with that oxygen sensor. is it a circuit code is it something else there's ways to test that just because it says mass airflow doesn't mean it's mass airflow why is it saying mass airflow maybe you got a massive air leak somewhere that's throwing off that mass airflow oxygen sensor maybe it's sticking maybe the melt the wires melted bad circuit you check it out because if it's a wire 
you could always repair that. No need for replacing it. You always have to check and double check because I've seen it a lot. A lot of customers come in. Code says mass airflow. Let's just go ahead and do a mass airflow. All right, customer request. I put it on. A few days later, check engine light comes right back on. Well, why? I already paid you to repair it. No, you paid me to replace that. That's why when the shop, at my shop, when a customer comes in with a check engine light and they want me to put on this part, I always let them know it's at your own risk. I recommend to do a diagnosis and verify that that is the part we need. Because I've seen a lot of customers come in and get upset after we put on a part that they requested and it doesn't work. Then they got to pay the diagnostic fee plus the additional repair. With that part that you used that you didn't need, you could have paid for the diagnostic and got it done correct. Now we go into the next segment. When you have a check engine light, be careful when you Google. When you do the Google search, the pot po in that code and it tells you well my car was doing this similar and i did this sensor and that worked or going to some guy on youtube where he's fixing it on a similar car that's two three years before or after yours well that should be the same thing never do that never do that because every car is different as far as in why it failed yes of course there's going to be their common issues where it's common on these cars and that's why it failed. But most of them fail because of different reasons. That's why I always strongly suggest do the diagnostic. Or if you're going to go off of the Google, you got to follow the steps. There's always a trouble tree for every code. They'll show you how to check. Show you how to do ohms on it. Show you to check wiring. Circuit. Not melted. Broken. You have enough oil. Stuff like that. You have to do the trouble tree. When we get a car in, check engine light comes in, says oxygen sensor, we look what? Performance or circuit. If it says circuit, then we know it has to do with electrical. It could be a wire, power supply, stuff like that. We raise the car up, find the oxygen sensor it's speaking because some cars have four or five. You find that, you unplug it, you make sure you chase all the wires. Okay, all the wires look good. You check the pigtail. None of them is broken. Connect it. Do ohms. There's always a, spe a specific amount of ohms resistance that it's supposed to have. You go and you test that. You connect everything back up. Look at it. Maybe it's dinged. It's broken. Then you go and do your repairs as followed. But you have to follow a trouble tree. You can't just say, oh, it just says oxygen sensor and it's performance. And you go ahead and put it on. And it's not your oxygen sensor. It's something before the oxygen sensor that's making your oxygen sensor look like it's not working. And then you just put on oxygen sensor you didn't need. Some oxygen sensors are three, four hundred dollars. I don't think you want to play with three, four hundred dollars as a maybe because some places will not take that part back once it's installed. Dealers will not take anything back once it's opened. Anything electrical from the dealers will not get returned. O'Reilly's AutoZone, they do the same thing. If it's electrical and it looks like it's been plugged in, they would not take it back. That's why I always strongly suggest, ask your local shop, how much are you charging for a diagnostic? If I provide my own parts, do you give me some type of warranty? Or is it cheaper if I bring my own parts? 
Sometimes it's cheaper on the pocket for you to bring in your own parts, but it's better in the long run if they provide the part. The reason I say that is because then you get warranty through them. Anything happens, say, hey, faulty part. You got to give me a new one if it's within their warranty. But if you bring in your own part and it fails, they don't have to cover it because you supplied your own part. Yeah, you might save 50, 60 dollars, but then you got to warranty that out part because you have warranty. But then you got to pay the guy again to take it back off and reinstall it. And that that's just too much. But back into the check engine line. Always follow a trouble tree. Always follow it. Read it. Type it in. Do the Google thing. But look for the procedure. Ask your local shop. Maybe they'll give you the procedure to test out that code. Maybe they'll charge you 30, 40 bucks to give you the actual steps on how to check it. Do it. If you're a do-it-at-home guy, do it. If not, pay for somebody to do it. You pay somebody to do it, then you do it at home, and it doesn't work. Say, hey, you... I paid for a diagnostic and I put the part on and it doesn't work. Like, what's up? Then they have to check it out for free or refund you your money back. It's better to do it that way than anything else. Follow the trouble tree. Message me. You got a code? Message me. I'll shoot you the procedure. I'll walk you through. I'll let you know what you need to do and how you need to go about things. But always cover your ass. Know your vehicle, make, model, and what you're looking for. Now, we are going to go into the very common check engine lights codes that you could come up with that are pretty much cut and dry. It'll tell you pretty much what it needs, and that's pretty much it by my experience. Not saying that I know everything, but I've seen it all. I'm just letting you know what I see. I'm going to give you a couple codes and examples for cars, and these codes usually kind of cover all the vehicles. I mean, there'll be some European that'll have a funky number on them, but they're pretty much all the same thing. Now, if you go in there and you get a check engine light and you scan it and it's a P0420 or a P0430, those are catalytic converters. P20 is for bank one. P430 is for bank two. Those are emissions related. And if you're in California, that sucks because everything is more expensive for us in California. But if you got a P0420, that's catalytic converter below threshold bank one. P0430 is catalytic converter below threshold bank two. And the, re the way you determine banks is where is spark plug one, left side or right side. Then you look at the cat. But once you have those codes, if, especially if those codes are by themselves, cut and dry, you need a catalytic converter. Do not try to save it doing this or doing that. It's not going to work. You got a 420, you're doing that cat. Got a 430, you're doing the other cat. Because they're pretty simple. The only way you could get away with those 420s or 430s if it's they're attached to other codes. If it's a 430 and then you got a P0171, which is a lean code, or a, a P714, which is the lean code for the other side, or too rich, or, then, okay, the, then it's making the cat look bad because of other sensors. But if those codes are by themselves, cut and dry. Start looking for a catalytic converter. Start saving it up because those cats are very expensive right now. The next code, P0128. Thermostat below threshold. Thermostat, right off the bat. If you have no leak, your coolant's all the way up, car's not overheating, but you got a check engine light, 
thermostat is taking too long to open. Broken. Cut and dry. Order thermostat, put a thermostat on there. That just means that that thermostat is not opening or closing when it's supposed to. Simple as that. Order a thermostat, put it on, call it a day. Don't let them sell you anything else. Let's do this. Let's do that. No, you already checked it. You got coolant. You don't have no leak. You got enough coolant. You got the right coolant. Bam. Order a thermostat, do a thermostat. Those are pretty simple. Simple, simple. Do not take advantage. Don't pay that extra diagnostic fee for a 420 or 430 or a P0128 thermostat below threshold because those are cut and dry. Thermostat and catalytic converters, put them on. Don't pay the extra $100, $200 for them to tell you what you already know. Now, the last part of the check engine. Once you've done your repairs on a vehicle, at a shop, at your home, once you finish a repair for a check engine light, the next step is erasing that from the computer's memory. That way it knows it's fixed. It tests out the system and makes sure you did the correct repair and in the right way. How do you do that if you don't have a scanner? Disconnect that battery. You got a scanner? Hook up that scanner and go to clear codes. It resets everything. That way the computer retests everything and makes sure you did it correctly. Hook up a scanner, clear. You don't have a scanner, go to a shop, have them clear it. You can't do any of that, disconnect that battery for five, 10 seconds, reconnect everything, everything is erased. Now you have to set monitors at the driver for a few days to make sure you did do that repair. Make sure it does was done right. A couple categories you gotta run, catalytic converter. That one's usually run on the highway, going 55 to 60 miles an hour for five to 10 minutes. It'll run that monitor. Once it goes green, you're good. You know the CAT system is fine. The next one, EVAP. That one will do it. EVAP's for gas. Emissions, it'll test it once you have gas, a certain amount of level. That one you don't really worry about, but you could always run it yourself. The other one, oxygen sensor, heated and performance. Heated will run early in the morning, stone cold. Turn your car on, let it idle, let it chill for 5, 10 minutes, then go on drive it. Monitors should set for the heated portion early in the morning when it's stone cold. The other, other portion of the oxygen sensor is done on the highway when you're driving. Same thing. That one usually sets when you do the catalytic converter. Then if you got an EGR, it'll run EGR. If you got other co components, depending on the vehicle, you got a diesel, non-diesel. It'll They all run by themselves. You don't have to do anything. That's why a lot of mechanics and shops tell you, go drive it for a few days. Put 50 to 60 miles on and then come back. Because by 50 or 60 miles, you ran those monitors without you knowing. And you'll be set. You've done your repairs. If two, three days after you do your repairs, no check engine light, guess what? You did a great job. And that's all you got to do. If you got any questions, shoot me a message. Let me know. Hit a like. Subscribe. Anything you need. This is Jonathan and Car Talk. See you guys later.